I V M. A long time ago, when I was a frustrated engineering student, I moonlighted as a promoter for Jack Daniel's whiskey. I literally had to go up to people at a bar, um, give them two dice, and say if they rolled a three, a four, or a seven, they'd win something. It was the most fun job I ever had, and it made me go to work every day with a smile. I mean, like, what's not to love about it? I followed that up by selling what was called a party card at that time in Bangalore, where you know people could get free entries into clubs and they would get massive discounts. It kind of felt like the true hustle at that point of time in life, and I was like, okay, this is why maybe what I want to do in life. So I eventually ended up um, applying to Symbiosis in Pune to study PR, joined, and then I heard two terms which made me run away. They were press release and corporate communications. That didn't seem like the hustle which I'd kind of signed up for, and filmmaking seemed like the more fun thing to do. That was then, and this is now. and i'm increasingly seeing that pr is a world i've grown to understand respect and develop a keen sense of curiosity towards which is why today's episode is as much for me to learn from as it is for you to listen to what's the deal with pr in the digital age and how have the lines blurred between what pr agencies have traditionally done and end up doing now and with that in mind i'm super happy to have akshara lalwani ceo of communicate india with me today she started the agency out of her apartment when she was 23 and has since grown it to being one of the coolest movers in the space of what i like to call modern pr this is advertising is dead and i'm varun dugera co founder and corner chief at the glitch and we'll be right back after this break welcome to advertising is dead today with akshara ceo of communicate india and i have an important question to uh, ask you how many times has your name been mispronounced because i've been called everything from dongrila to dugriwala and as of today morning <laughs> dugriwala yes oh gosh akshara akshar akanksha 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 i'm like okay that that's an that's an interesting one interesting right? one right that 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 person can't read can't read yeah. so you should react and then i'm like you're not even worth the reaction yeah talking about reading and i, and I said this in my introduction i Worked as a promoter at one point of time. Ended up trying to go study PR and moved away from production because <laughs> I said, "Yeah, PR doesn't seem like it's fun." But I've learned that PR seems to be a lot of fun because I, there's so much happening in the space. Absolutely, I think it's becoming a real career for people, and not an alternative where they're like, "Okay, we'll get into marketing, and by default, we'll get into PR." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I've also seen that the people who get into PR, like I think PR has so many things in it, right? I think what we end up hearing most times is the fact that okay, there's, there's people have heard of a press release, hmm. they've heard of a press conference, they've heard of a publicist, and I think some people know there's something called corporate communications. I think I think the last one also is that it's not it's a minority. I don't think it's a majority. There. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of Copcom people also, and I think our journalists who ended up being Copcom, and I, I've I've seen that I have friends who become uh, Copcom, uh, you know, uh, professionals who prior, uh, I think were before, uh, journalists before. What's happening in the space? Where do I even begin? Right? कुछ भी करना है press release करना है. नया route, aviation industry, airline company wants to start another route. चलो press conference करते हैं. Like the cliches. Just need to be broken. I mean, there's so much more than what PR does. Sometimes I go and meet CEOs, oh, uh, and from other industries, and they're like, oh, you're a publicist. So wine and cheese events, and I'm like, no, please spend a day in my life, and you know it's nothing to do with wine or cheese. So I mean, there are these preconceived notions of what PR is, but it's 
a whole lot more you know there's so much to do with content uh there's so much to do with ideation um and innovation it's the yeah. idea that you need to actually get out there yeah. and it's a highly cluttered space editorial is becoming more and more hard to get so you can't do the cliched press conference and press release the idea is at the core of what we do yeah i mean and and, and during this entire conversation we'll tell you a lot more of campaigns that we've done and kind yeah. of briefs that we've gotten that are beyond bizarre how how did you end up in pr so i was actually a banker what yeah so i studied economics and so so, so you you, stu- you studied which means it's no i'm i'm a failed <laughs> engineer i like very long engineering career so i anybody who says in economics i'm like okay fine money money person can study <laughs> did the right things there so yeah so the economics went into hdfc mutual fund and everything i was doing was related to marketing and some some deal has happened and i'm doing a press release and then i moved into uh, the investment banking space and i was like okay this is something that most companies really need mm-hmm. and um, it just intrigued me i was like there's so much that can be done with it which is not being done currently and then i said you know what just diss the banking world and let's just look for something more boutique where i can learn a lot more so i joined a small company called cmcg mm-hmm. doing some interesting campaigns interesting i you know general motors ford disney all brands and did a lot of interesting work for them and that really opened my eyes to the world of public relations yeah and at 23 you decided this is i'm going to do this yeah like 23 i'm like yeah i've seen it all let's let's just take the plunge uh, i mean of course it's like entrepreneurship is like going off the cliff and just having to jump off and then figuring out how to assemble your parachute along totally. the way right so that was the moment at 23 and never looked back yeah i'm i'm a fellow uh, apartment startup person so i know exactly how that first <laughs> office would have been but um, tell me about the early days i mean i think uh, how how was that part of it i mean jumping into it is one thing but also the the start is always interesting right because you're also figuring stuff out like you said while you're going along first couple of clients um anything that you you think was interesting in that period also because i think that period it was still traditional pr a lot more than it what it is now um yeah. so um, how how was that phase of things so i think at that point in time there was so much learning right i mean there was a lot of competition with the big guys hmm. they were doing things very traditionally and clients were used to that yeah and then there was an evolution who do i attract you know people are skeptical of joining a startup yeah they also don't want to experiment you know they also when it comes to public relations they look at this as just pure play free you know yeah we'll get a free radio contest you know we'll get everything on barter we'll get media net on barter and the landscape has completely changed you know there are no freebies i mean if you want to actively promote your brand or you want to have your logo there i mean there is a price to pay for that yeah so it's evolved and we've had to evolve accordingly and see what's working which is more storytelling finding interesting campaigns going much more than a hard sell yeah which pr maybe 10 or 15 years was but it isn't now Yeah and you know this because uh, we've had this conversation I think offline is the fact that PRs looked at something which okay when it's something we need to do do we really need to do it is, is what a lot of companies look at they don't take it as seriously as they should but I think the one thing digital has done and that's my perception of things and it'd be interesting to hear what you have uh, to say about it is that PR had a certain role which was I think 
we need to do part of it like we need to have those releases we need to have those press conferences and we need to be one way communication out to the world um as companies but i think what digital's kind of done is broken that whole piece right they've done digital digital said okay fine people will communicate back you need to respond you need to get your narrative right you need to put your values out there not just as a mission statement which blends into your uh, you know uh, let's say pr releases but more in terms of what you say on a day to day basis is, is really what pr is and i think individuals as well as companies now kind of i think a lot of them realize it now which is why i think the role of pr has gone from being towards the end of the piece to being like a very prominent part of uh, public life now yeah absolutely and i think people are realizing even with digital i think pr has a role to play in digital yeah you know when you talk about uh, you know uh, i want my footprint on google to be positive i mean how does that happen okay people say seo how many people actually understand seo True. give you an example and how many people actually understand backlinking and how important it is to use relationships with key publications mm. to get credibility and enhance your online reputation yeah so if you really see pr is actually merging and it has an output which affects your digital footprint mm. your perception it manages your reputation yeah it gives you credibility you know so that's why i think the evolution has happened and i'll give you so many case studies when pr has actually been a game changer yeah so with regards to hard selling ads i think i think the consumer is no longer the same i mean if you think yeah. 10 years ago smarter. way smarter way more discerning you know so if you're going to promise them the sky and the moon they know that it's not relevant it's not authentic yeah and that's where i think even if you're ordering food you know people are not going by what ad you've put on that you've launched but they're going by your uh, your reviewers on zomato and what they have to say if you're going on tripadvisor you're saying okay is a travel company actually that good um they're going to mouth shut and yeah. and that is pr too and managing that as well you know is how do you understand what the consumer has what's the usp of the product what are the challenges being faced and rectifying them yeah. you know and there's a whole lot more to what we do so if i'm a and i go back to the fact that i i once almost studied pr right and i think if i am someone who says okay when i want to work in the space i want to study in the space I, i i before i move to a job and the avenues are so many right so if i had to break down saying if i am a pr professional it's not just a one job piece it's there multiple jobs in it i mean you mentioned seo i know for a fact contents a part of it social i know is obviously a large part of it what for you are the parts of pr which are the fastest growing right in terms of saying if if i'm a, if i want to be in the pr space as a student or someone who wants to get into the space um what's the couple of things which i definitely should focus on uh, should work towards just generally get myself into i think one is the fact that it requires a really wide skill set i think you need to be able to write mm-hmm. uh which i think very few people are able to mm-hmm. okay you need to be uh, you need to be able to think on your feet right crisis communication is a massive part of public relations yeah, right yeah. media training of what a ceo what a brand manager should say or not say to the media because yeah. the first ground rule is nothing is off the record <laughs> you know and i'm very you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean yeah but you know teaching them what it is and you have crisis after crisis so tomorrow you have a hotel catching on fire someone's yeah. lost their life a company isn't able to raise a round of funding they can't pay their employees the employees are going to the media a hospital has had an issue with you know an operation gone wrong and the first thing that happens is that the media shows up or someone who is actually on the raw end of the deal reaches out to the media and how do you tackle that 
So you need to be able to think on your feet. You need to be able to strategize. You need to be able to understand different sectors. So we're working across aviation to um, media and advertising to real estate. And they're all different. You're talking about True. government policies and how government policies are going to affect a sector, how elections are going to affect a sector. Yeah. So it's a whole lot more. You need to be a very quick learner and you need to also understand uh, different avenues if you can't get editorial coverage. What are the different mechanisms to associate? So we're doing a lot with OH, which traditionally people used to think is a media buying mandate. Yeah, yeah. But we're reaching out to OH and saying, hey, can we do a barter? We're reaching out to Bada Express and doing, um, you know, we're a brand which is bootstrapped. And a large part of the Indian companies are startups or SMEs who, who are really looking at ROI. Yeah. And they're not that cash rich to basically go wild on advertising and wild on media buying. And that's a true challenge. Yeah. Um, so if you're catering to that segment of SMEs and startups, you need to be way more smarter. You need to look at their money as your own and say, how can I get barters? How can I get influencers? And not their rate card. Yeah. And I think influencer marketing is also somewhere in the PR spectrum. And influencer marketing is interesting, right? I think sometime back I was reading about, so so there's um, this agency in the States called VaynerMedia. Right? Um, Gary Vaynerchuk is an influencer himself. But I think VaynerMedia recently started a service called Vayner Talent. I think that's what it's called, but something on that sort. And it really says, okay, if you're an individual and you want to build your individual profile on social We'll help you do that for a fee. And that almost felt like, okay, it's a retainer f- to build someone into an influencer, which is an interesting model. And and, if, and when I looked at that, I'm like, one second, is this digital marketing? Is it PR? And that blurring of lines scenario, which I think is, is across the board, right? Creative agencies, media agencies, PR, digital, all of that. Everybody's doing everything right now. Uh, everyone's, even a production house, everyone's everything. But this whole individual piece that right? I think we look at it more in terms of language with movie industry you know we talk about celebrities and maybe they have that but I think individuals are looking at it as saying this is something which I could use as an individual to increase my uh, my profile and to say okay I want to move towards a job change and I want to and that make how do I make myself seem like a more prominent person and but there's a thin line there where it could come out as okay when there's there's a PR push definitely behind this person or it could be the fact that it feels genuine this person seems to be saying some interesting things how do you kind of keep that line um, I don't know if you handle any individuals but it, it is a line right and, and how would you say someone should kind of stick to that line so absolutely we actually handle a personal profiles for a lot of CEOs and mm-hmm. that actually has become a different mandate so the lines are blurring people want to be visible they want to be thought leaders and the first avenue that comes up is thought public relations and yeah that's like thought leadership we I hate LinkedIn profiles which say thought leader as their bio oh uh, yeah and then they <laughs> it's very interesting and then they'll talk about just their subject matter expertise whereas mm. you're trying to develop the person as a wholesome individual right and that's what I think people need to move towards yeah. it's not only about pushing this content that you know you're a visionary, you're going to scale up, you're going to have 100 franchises. It's also about what do you like to do in your downtime? What do you, what motivates yeah. you? You know, that softer element of people relating to you as an individual, yeah. not only as a business tycoon. And and there's a lot, you know, uh, in the PR spaces, being seeing at the right panel discussions, who gets you at the right panel discussions? Who actually nominates you for the right awards? Yeah. Guess what? It's the publicist. <laughs> Yeah, making that list. Who tell you don't write pathbreaker in your LinkedIn profile or say visionary founder? Visionary founder. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, and there's a lot more, you know. Uh, that yeah, yeah. The list I think we'll do. I, I try I, to be nice. At, su- at some point, we'll do a checklist of things you should not have in your LinkedIn profile. I think that's what we're going to do some, at some point in this uh, conversation. Absolutely. So, getting back to the influencer space, right? Um, how do you see that space from a from a PR perspective? I think we all have different ways to look at it. There's the media perspective of it. There is the creative agency perspective. I'm not saying they all shouldn't be the same, but from a PR standpoint, there are influencer campaigns that go really wrong because it becomes very obvious that it is influencer campaign, and there are campaigns which which are so seamless um, that they do feel genuine. And I think I think. As long as they feel genuine, it's fine. What's that line? You know, till two or three years ago, everyone was like, "Koi bhi influencer, you know, I want health influencer, hundred k followers say above chahiye, you know, I want it free. I'll give them product." And I think it's just gone so off the rockers. Yeah. First of all, understanding who your target audience is—is is this influencer even relevant for you? True. And that's, I think, the starting point of the conversation. What is your brand objective? What's your vision? Who do you think is really your consumer? I mean, have you done some primary research, or is this is this a wild thought that's cropped up in your mind saying? Let's you know, just get people with following, and let's. Put let's it just out. get people with following, and I think that's the point. I think people need to be asking the right questions of what the right brief is, what the objective is, understand their consumer more, and then figuring out which are the relevant influencers. And um, something very interesting to share was there was a brand in the healthcare space, and. They said we want health bloggers, we want fitness bloggers, and we said, you know what? If it's a glucometer, yeah, you know, you're talking about being a primary caregiver. You can't just go to anyone who doesn't understand that. And what we did is we figured out influencers who have grandparents or parents uh, who are actually suffering from diabetes, so they can actually relate to it, and they understand what those analysis. Why is it important to have a glucometer? And we chose people who were really connected. Relevance and relevance and authenticity, you know, and and I think the consumers completely picked on to that. It's also I think uh, when you when you look at the, the space, right? I think most times a PR push comes across as saying, okay, fine, especially in crisis management, right? I think you, you spoke about it a little earlier. You, you, I think it's important to touch upon it, saying when there is a crisis, and now because any form of crisis gets amplified a million times more because of yeah. uh, of of social media managing that many times is saying okay when this is just them controlling the narrative but it's also the fact that it's important to put the facts out there it's important to put almost like the message of saying okay when a okay fine we've done something wrong this is our response is one way but the other way is also saying this is in the whole picture and i think this is in the whole picture becomes a primary point of crisis management uh, what else goes into it and i'll kind of throw some light on how these lines are blurring right So you go onto a flight with an airline, and several airlines in India are not doing financially very well. Okay, mm-hmm. and they're made to wait, or a flight's got cancelled, and the first thing a consumer does because they're so savvy now is tweet. Is tweet. Yeah. And you guess what? Who guess who they'll tag in that tweet? The CEO, 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 Times of India, yeah. Economic Times. Yeah. Prominent journalists. Prominent journalists, and the digital agency is freaking out, right? Yeah. Saying. Oh my God! What if someone catches the story? Is it strong enough? And that's where the call comes to the uh, the public relations crisis management agency, saying, "Hey, how do we handle this?" Yeah. And that's when you need to know the right journalists. You need to know how to have the right EQ. What do you need to put out there? Because sometimes being overtly apologetic can also not work. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, I, you're saying you're guilty. You're guilty, right? And then the consumer says, "Ha, you're wrong." You know. Now pay the price. Free flight, chahiye. I want to be upgraded to first class. I'm just giving you an example of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it goes on, right? People are using that. 
to a way that it's actually blowing smaller issues way out of proportion. True. And that's where we're coming in. And it, and and all agencies are starting to work together where people used to work in silos and the brand identity and messaging was all confused because they're doing something else on the digital pages. They're doing something else through uh, press communication and. Um, you know, the CEO is saying something else. So it all needs to be linked up together to keep consistency. And keep the voice the same, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's a consistent voice, consistent. This is the tone of the of the brand. Because also, um, I think some brands have also used humor in an interesting way. Right? I, I know uh, there are a lot of brands who are going to turn around and say, I'll come back with something which is witty. I'll come back with something that is, everyone knows that's my personality. I think that plays a good role because brands generally always had a very, I would call it, monotonous way of responding to any form, any form of issues i think you add in a little more fun into it and not in all cases but in many cases i, I there was this instance where the, i think an actress was late for a flight because you mentioned airlines and and she said i was doing i was in my yoga i was doing meditation or my yoga class and i ended up late and they didn't let me in there was a facebook live video which she put up and she went up and i mean obviously people laughed at it but it's still it's not even bad pr it's just weird pr for the airline right i don't even know what you would say to that and there's there's so much of that happening. Absolutely, and I think as a as a publicist, you need to be so aware about business issues and be able to draw the line of what you actually want to address, what actually needs to, you know, what you need to apologize by. And I think a lot of these crises that are coming up need to be handled way better. True. And, and it's a very cliched statement, but you know, a brand may take twenty years to be built. Yeah. And one wrong coverage or one wrong interview can just sabotage a lot yeah. and and the and the, and just to deviate a bit is uh, there are a lot of sectors which are very new yeah. which people don't understand like soy milk you know for for years yeah, yeah in india people were just having you know cow's milk and just category awareness of what it is and there's just so much that needs to be done. Speaking of crisis, I'm, and I'm going back to, to your story with uh, with your yeah. agency, right? Um, right. You, you go through ups and downs. I think I think now is a good time. But I'm sure there have been times when it's like, oh, one second. We maybe need to really look at what's going on here. And, and, and I think you spoke about an incident where something happened with your team. I, I've read it in an interview recently and I was like, okay, when this is a question I'm going to ask you. Uh, whether you did have uh, a form of crisis. Yeah, uh, we've had, I mean... <laughs> I mean, umpteen number of crises, right? I mean, um, we've had a point where our office caught on fire. What? Yes. Um, something happened with the server and the office was charred. And then we had, it was the same time as appraisal time. Oh, and amazing. we had two employees who wrote at that godforsaken time, I need my appraisal. It's challenging, right? It's challenging yeah. to deal with these issues because yeah. you're going through so much of emotional turmoil yeah. to fix the issue and you just look at this as an extended family. Yeah. So, so yeah, we've had our challenges. We've had clients who've come and said, oh, article aya, phone nahi baj hai mera. You know, like, why am I not getting leads? And I'm like, okay, there's brand awareness and credibility and then there is lead generation. You know, let's let's spend the difference about it. Don't you find that expectation management is a large part of the job? It, it's the maximum time that we spend our time on. It's yeah. not actually making the right campaigns or content. It's actually educating people yeah. on what really to expect. Yeah. And also because the landscape's so different. And, and, and there are two sides to what's happening. On, on one side, there is the traditional players who are trying to figure out how to deal with what's happening around them and trying to move faster. Um, and there are newer players like like you who are saying the status quo has changed and we've started from a point when it already changed. So it's we don't really... The traditional parts are something you can always add on. Um, 
but there is something you learn from the traditional paths as well right yeah absolutely i mean no one is no one is completely dissing in any way traditional ways of brand visibility or brand marketing yeah they will be there but yeah. there's something called innovation there's something called being different mm. and the landscape is becoming more cluttered i mean we'll be foolish to be that what worked 10 years ago is going to work now so you borrow what can work yeah but you also innovate to figure out what can you do and more brands are questioning about roi true and the fact that the advertising spends are going down numbers can't lie right yeah yeah true so there is a question about where am i getting the maximum value and because data is data and data gives you the the the, the right picture in terms of what's really working what's not working who's just share voice and and what people are really saying if i had to really like crystal gaze and, and and sometimes you end up having to do that for the space do you see the fact that i and and the last episode i asked, I asked uh, kunal this question and, and the whole point was he famously said there's not going to be anything called a digital agency anymore everybody's digital it's an agency there might not be something called a pr agency anymore that's an agency right is that what you see it being yeah i couldn't agree more i actually couldn't agree more i think the lines are blurred it is about brand communications mm-hmm. it's going to be about strategies it's not about oh i'm a digital agency there was a larger agency who was a traditional agency who said oh my people have been digitally certified and i was like what does that even mean <laughs> like what does that mean so so i think that it is blurring and you need to be able to understand the landscape holistically mm-hmm. And yes, there is not going to be any PR agency. There is not going to be any content marketing agency. Yeah. Uh, there is not going to be any digital agency. It's just going to be one. Yeah. We're all competing in this space, and that's the fun of it, right? There's, there's so much happening. I don't I have nothing to add beyond that statement because that I think puts it all together. Because there is so much happening in the space that the requirement is to have multiple. almost units or agencies across the board who will work across businesses uh, it's not a one person doing everything but everybody is doing everything uh, and in that space everyone's kind of running across and trying to get their piece of of the pie but some clients are taking stuff in house as well and this is a question about pr right? there's there's corporate communications and there's pr and, and how much of it going internal is a good idea and how much of it staying external and that's a question which i've heard about pr many times because a lot of clients you know i want to control my own narrative i will have pr internally and and some who say that no I, i'd rather work with an agency because they're going to bring a wider expertise and, and similar questions come for digital agencies come for media come for creative but in the pr space how do you see that playing out so yeah i think the biggest challenge is the fact that pr deals with a lot of the cxo level largely True. True. Right, and the CXO level is juggling multiple hats. Right, yeah. they're traveling, and the bigger the company gets, um, the less the time for them to spend on the narrative. Mm-hmm. So, what I think with with most firms is they are hiring someone in house mm-hmm. because that's important to have a spark. Yeah, but I think some have experimented and come back to an agency. because one is at the diversity of ideas yeah. uh you know doesn't mean that if you work in fmcg and engineering you can't learn from both yeah just it opens up a landscape of new ideation which one individual cannot give you mm-hmm. and also it's a multitude of skill sets that we just discussed yeah, right yeah. uh and you really find um a person to bring in house who can write who can design yeah who knows journalists mm-hmm. and a, a whole lot more it is a confusing state we're seeing that across the board and people are experimenting some have been able to get it right some haven't and come back to the agency structure where even if one spark quits the agency has a multitude of people yeah who can keep the mandate going consistently how large a part is event planning part of pr cuz that's a different right that's i mean and i was reading about it 
I think on the way here and someone said even planning is a part of PR. I'm like, one second, let's, it makes sense in some ways. But then that's another ball game altogether, isn't it? Or is it, or, or am I wrong? No, it is. Um, you know, I, I think, see, like I said, it's like, they'll be like, okay, I want to organize a press conference. Yeah. I want to get a LED screen put up there. Yeah. I want to put a vinyl, I want branding. Now, yeah. Yes, we understand and we can guide you what's the right venue for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you need to have as must-haves? But production element is mm-hmm. someone which is handled by a specialist. Yeah. So yes, there'll be factors so of... it's more space design and, and, and thought about how that space needs to be than it is the actual execution. Yeah. It's, it's working together and figuring out what works for the mix and what can you... What's working in the interest of the announcement. And that's where an event agency sits with a PR agency but handles the production. Yeah. And we just guide them of what we want as the look in the field, what mm. what we think they should not be doing. Yeah. So it's more a collaborative effort rather than us saying we can do event planning, right? Yeah. yeah that, that makes sense. I think, and, and I think we're going to have a I think meter at the end of this episode because you use I think as much as I do, and we have this we have this internal joke in, in, on the podcast that it's going to be it, it, there's a meter of how many times I say I think. You've added to that a lot on this episode. It's going to be fun to see that at the end of this. But uh, strategy versus execution um, is sometimes merged. And, and what you just said is interesting, right? In terms of, if, if you know, there's content in terms of what uh, a brand or a person should put out, the strategy of what that needs to be is different from the actual execution of it, from a PR perspective or from a creative agency perspective or from any perspective. Similarly, from execution, like you said, the strategy of what the press conference is to be like, how is it making people feel before you even speak about what you're going to speak about versus this. Uh, but that's, almost looked at as an intangible asset. No one looks at it as, a, it's not tangible, you're not actually doing something, you're not like, you know, stage ni banare. Uh, you know, but you're telling them what that stage needs to be like. Is that a struggle many times to put a certain level of, uh, you know, you're putting value to that, you're putting value to an intangible asset, if you, if you want to call it that, or show the fact that there is value in the strategy to it, rather than just the execution of it. Because we're all non-traditional spaces, right? Uh, digital, PR, all of us are looked at as saying, often this is, we were what is termed as below the line service, in many cases there is no line anymore but it's still called below the lines do you see that as a struggle? it is a bit of a challenge because during any you know briefing or mandate you know generally the lead on marketing would be like I want something really out of the box and then what actually happens at the execution yeah or viral viral out of the box viral to karado like kuch viral idea chahiye two more terms you'll never use viral and out of the box yeah so that's just and then what happens is you put these lovely ideas together and then it comes back to a tactical execution which becomes a bit of a challenge because we know that tactics can get you only that far yeah so yeah I mean explaining strategy is a challenge but it's also imperative because sometimes if you don't ask the right questions you don't understand the objective you don't call out what the framework is three months or six months down into the mandate you probably be completely off the track mm-hmm. and that realignment is going to cost the brand a lot of time yeah yeah, there is there is value to it. I think there is this. The smart ones see it. Um, the other ones need education. But I think across the board, everyone. I think it is there is a lot more relevance to thought and strategy than I think there was. What, and research. Yeah. I mean research. I mean, I don't know how you can come up with something without doing a set of primary, secondary research. You know, deep diving into what the consumer is really feeling, what social listening is happening. And and then actually understanding where the brand needs to pivot. What's the messaging? What is the tonality? Yeah. And that's key. So at this point, I'm going to pivot into a break. Uh, and we'll be right back with Advertising is Dead with Akshara Lalwani. Lalwani.
Yes. Lalwani. We have we have we have problems with pronouncing people's names here. On advertising <laughs> is dead, as you can see. I can't say advertising. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. I'm with Akshara, and now we're kind of going to move towards something which we like to call humans of advertising. It's our way of saying there are people beyond the the strategy and the execution and the. Spiel, as people like to call, because people call advertising people as spiel. Don't they? They're saying, "Oh, you have come back yeah. with jargon and spiel, <laughs> and we do all of that." Because we are, I think we we sometimes we revel in that a little too much. But this is about the the people behind the spiel. So I'm going to ask you a, a couple of really random questions. Right? Things no one should ever have on their LinkedIn profile. Three words. Interesting. There's just so much. I'm just trying to condense <laughs> it. Visionary. Ah. That's just pompous. Yeah. Game changer. Classic. Yeah, thought leader. Yeah, thought. We, we, thought leader was something we we've already covered, but I think thought leader is important. Important. Don't ever call yourself a thought, thought leader. leader. I stop being narcissistic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those three. Yeah, those I'm sure we'll come up with a I'm few sure more. I'm sure we'll have some more yeah. over there. Yeah. So I have a, I have a pet peeve. I asked people what their weirdest email addresses were. What was your weirdest email address? <laughs> Or weirdest social media handle? Like option A and option B. You can choose one. Okay. Hmm. Bizarre. I think it was like when I was thirteen or eleven, and I had this Disney obsession. Mm-hmm. It was like a Disney character, eighty-seven, <laughs> or love eighty-seven, or love <laughs> Disney eighty-seven, and I was like, Oh no! Yeah, gosh, I think you should edit this one also. No. It's wrong. Yeah, that's not good PR. That's no, no, no. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clients know this; they're going to run away. This is going to be our promo. But <laughs> so, if I say the one skill set you can like. What can you whip out at a moment's notice? Can be food, can be a drink, can be anything. What's that one thing you like? Cuss words. Ah, perfect. Cuss words. Amazing. What's your weirdest vegetarian cuss word? <laughs> vegetarian. Cuss that, that that's the fun ones, right? The non-veg ones are. Hmm. I sound like one who says non-veg and veg anymore. Okay, <laughs> never mind. That that that's my, my yeah. Let's not even get into that part. But yeah, veg cuss word. Favorite veg cuss word. I just think I've just been. Only using non-veg cuss words because the briefs get bizarre. So you just like speak your mind. Yeah, I'm in this whole routine of speak your mind. You know, don't hold back. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Um, kiss my husband. Ah, yeah, very much. Good, good. And then a can of Red Bull. Good, 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 good. Uh, politically correct. Uh, pol- PR answer, ah! answer. That's like front page uh, Bombay Times uh, response. That was. To keep the balancing act yes, going, yes, speak yeah. your mind and also be politically correct. Perfect, amazing. There's one brand in there, and there is <laughs> the the front page part in there as well. What's one PR piece which you have loved to have done? Like we just want to say, oh man, that that that's that was awesome. Like I love, I'd love to have been a part of that. I think the Life Boy mandate uh, about just educating people about sanitization, ah, yeah. sanitation, and just I, I think from the CSR perspective, I think that's pretty. Dear to me, I think there's a lot that can be done mm-hmm. in lesser developed markets because mm-hmm. we're doing so much in the metros, and I think that's important. So yeah. I do like that. I also like the surf excel mandate. Dagache, I think you know, it's interesting. I, I would have loved to be a part of that. Yeah. If you weren't a PR professional, what would you be? A vet, for sure. I mean, if I could collect all the stray dogs and the stray kittens, and throw in a couple of rabbits, hamsters, etc., my house would be a zoo. Dog person, cat person. More dog person, but yes. also becoming a cat person. 
dog persons unite yes. is what i would always like to say yeah i think the the bizarreness of humans of advertising will will end here and and um, thank you so much for being on the show i think what 9 10 12 years ago if i had actually known this i might have actually stayed and studied pr but then we all know how this ended up so i don't think i'm complaining right now shouldn't be <laughs> yeah but, uh, but so thank you so much for being on the show i think a lot of people will really understand the fact that pr has so much to it um and especially when they hear it from someone like you because you were in the new age space you also look at you do the traditional stuff you do the new age stuff you're also expanding to not being pr agency that, that term is going away it's, it's going to be agency thank you so much for being on advertising this was so much fun thank you so much